this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final Fantasy VI is over, and it has been for a while, but we're just getting started talking about Final Fantasy VI on the Final Fantasy Podcast. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wicker, stomping into your podcast feeds, wearing Magitek armor, just clonking around here with my friend Brooklyn Zed. Brooklyn Zed, we're here. We made it. We're on the cliffside of Narsh. Did it? We're here. Uh, we're shooting fire laser beams yeah. at tiny little creatures. That sometimes, that sometimes much. shooting little heel beams at ourselves, at uh-huh. each other when we need a pick me up. Bio cloud blasting. <laughs> <laughs> yep, all sorts of stuff. Uh, as we are talking about uh, the final entry in uh, the Super Nintendo era of the mainline Final Fantasy series. After uh, uh, many weeks spent traveling through time with Chrono Trigger, we are back in Final Fantasy mode. And at long last, uh, we have arrived at the Final Fantasy game that many people would uh, assign uh, greatest Final Fantasy of all time status to um, a really beloved entry in the series, uh, a version of the game that was the last one released in the Pixel Remaster project that Square uh, underwent uh, to bring uh, updated, graphically updated and overhauled versions of this era of Final Fantasy to uh, to your phones, to your Steam accounts, all that jazz, uh, and took so much time uh, and care into getting Final Fantasy VI right 
that the game was even delayed for a time. Um, it is delayed no more. It has been out for about a month as we are recording these words to the point that uh, the way that we normally do the Final Fantasy podcast, Zed, is you are playing the game as we are podcasting, uh, but you've actually already played Final Fantasy VI to completion over at twitch.tv slash hope. Yeah, I was going to wait, and then I saw too many people streaming it, and I was too excited about it, and I felt like it was good to get in while, while the getting was hot. That's not a saying. Uh, the getting but that was, was the, good, though. The getting was good. Yeah. The game was hot. It was the, the hot ticket on Twitch for a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I started playing the game, and a week ago, as we were finishing the Chrono Trigger recording, you were like, I don't know if you're going to finish Final Fantasy VI by next week. And I said, as ever... Don't underestimate me, Josh Wiggler. Never. Because I beat the game on Wednesday. Um, and it is now Friday. So I think with that being said, I know a lot of people like to do first-time playthroughs alongside the Final Fantasy podcast. Uh, this is a little bit different because Zed has already played all Final Fantasy VI. They are replaying Final Fantasy VI. So Along that, with the podcast, mm-hmm, yes. So that uh, the story is fresh and the gameplay is fresh as we are getting through each segment here on the podcast. But I think one of the things that will be different about what we're doing this time around is we'll be able to talk about the full scope of Final Fantasy VI as we are going through. Um, so I don't know, Zed, I think you and I have to make a decision. We find ourselves at a, at a scenario point uh, <laughs> where we have to decide, are we going to try to do this spoiler-free or are we talking about the game with the context of the story? Because that's not something that we have done really uh, on the Final Fantasy podcast, but we have the opportunity to do right now. It's true. We do. I think uh, for folks who are our Twitch followers, you did get a little bit of our fuller perspective opinions at the as like bonus content on Twitch after we stopped recording the Chrono Trigger wrap-up podcast. So you can check that out if you want some of those bigger picture opinions. I think for the sake of what we have been doing here and are continuing to do here, let's try and keep it spoiler-free, and I will be doing my best to give my my first impressions. Some vague uh, illusions, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think vague illusions uh, we are we are welcome to do here. Uh, and we will Drop try some to... hints, as you, as you like to Slip do up. for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I think that we're going to have, we're going to have a really good time talking this one through. It's a, it's a game that I was really excited for you to play. Uh, I think, uh, once upon a time I said Final Fantasy VI is going to be extremely Brooklyn Zed's shit. Um, yes. I know that you still, uh, position Final Fantasy IV higher than Final Fantasy VI, having played through Final Fantasy VI at this yes. point in time, but you walked away from this just to give like a bit of an overview in terms of your takes coming into the podcast uh, with uh, FF6 earning top three status for you. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think they really pull it together at the end. It kind of like wanders around a bit in the middle and I is not, I think the back half of the game is not as strong as the front half. Um, and if you had asked me a week ago, it might have ranked even lower. But then I think the ending of the game is really strong and really, really fun. Yeah. Um, FF6 has my my favorite villain of a video game, I think, possibly ever. Uh, and we'll talk about that as we get further into it. But this may be Kefka's story, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Um, yeah, so I had a good time with the game. Uh, very early on, you know, the premise is this is a world without magic, right? And then you very quickly find out that's not at all true. Yes. Um, I clocked that long before it became more overarchingly true. 
but yeah, the character, there's just so many characters that I think they do not get as largely fleshed out as they do in some other games because they can't because there's so many. Um, but I get to play as a Moogle, and that may be fundamentally sure all do. I really care about. You sure do. So Final Fantasy VI, I think you can see, though, I think that maybe I said this to you on a podcast, maybe offline, but one of the things that I think is great about Final Fantasy VI is Square puts everything that you could possibly put into uh, like a Super Nintendo game into this game. Um, like the scale of ambition here is, I think, pretty exceptional. Um, yeah. And definitely uh, it is a larger game than certainly Final Fantasy IV in a lot of ways. I think what they are able to accomplish here cinematically even, um, mm -hmm. but from a gameplay perspective as well, there is a, a, a degree to which they are they are really swinging for the fences and in a lot of ways, I think, knocking it out of the park. Maybe uh, a couple of instances where it's a little hit or miss for me. Um, but I think that that is a function of having as robust of a cast as you have in Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy IV, I forget the exact amount of playable characters there are, but it's probably, you know, north of 10 playable characters, I would, mm -hmm. I would imagine. Um, but you're locked into your final five party uh, in Final Fantasy IV. Uh, Spoiler-ish, I guess, for the gameplay of Final Fantasy VI, but I think that that's something that is fair to talk about, is one of the functions of this game is you are going to be amassing a large pool of characters uh, that you're going to be introducing into your world. Uh, and by the end of the game, you have amassed 14 playable characters, should you choose to have that many, and mm -hmm. you can play as any one of them. Uh, and how you great is this party? How great is this party? And you will have to play as many of them. Uh, 12 of them you know <laughs> by I mean, the end yeah technically not technically you only have to play as three uh but uh okay, sure. if you really want to challenge yourself but yeah at least have to play as three oh, but God. you could play yeah. as as many as 12 of a pool of 14 so you're gonna have to sideline some people potentially as mm -hmm. well um and uh it's really fun uh i i think it's really fun some of the characters because the cast is so deep hit with me more than others. Uh, some of the characters in Final Fantasy VI, I utterly adore. Some of the characters in Final Fantasy VI, I could really take or leave, and that's being kind. Um, but I think that the, that the story of the game, it's once again another, uh, you know, rebellion versus an empire scenario, but cast within this, you know, this cool steampunk world, um, that I think is is more fantasy adjacent than something like Final Fantasy VII is. I think the, the world of FF6 said just feels distinct in a really cool way. Yeah, because um, there are these magical elements, right? And the lore of the story that you get at the very beginning is there was once magic and then the war of the Magi happened and all the magic went away. And in the absence of the magic... They built trains and they built, you know, all they built all these innovations. They had their like industrial revolution, essentially, in the absence of the magic that I guess conceivably previously fulfilled those functions. Yeah. So there are all of the th this is where Magitech comes from. And that was one of my very first impressions at the very start of playing the game, because Magitech armor is such a big, a big element in Final Fantasy 14. Uh, you spend a good portion of the final dungeon of A Realm Reborn, the first Final Fantasy XIV chapter, uh, 
running around the dungeon in Magitek armor, yes. if you know how to do it, which I didn't the first couple of times. So I just <laughs> sat there and waited for it to be over. Um, and we start Final Fantasy VI in Magitek armor. And I was like, oh, this is where it comes from. Yes. This is the first time you see it. And I feel like that's, I mean, I don't know if it comes back in other games, I guess, but it feels very no, quintessentially Final Fantasy is. to me. Yeah, it it is. I think it's like this iconic thing from Final Fantasy VI. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the things that they pulled into Final Fantasy XIV, which even just a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV I played, I say that as if what I played wasn't a ton. Uh, yeah, it it's was. just like, you know, I played the entirety of A Realm Reborn, uh, and that was a lot. And to think that that is just the tip of the of the spear, yeah. like, good God. Um, God, I would love to get back into it. I just can't um, anytime soon, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, root for the failure of post-show recaps, and I will no. uh, I will get back into Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV is the way that that's going to work You play out. Final Fantasy XIV when you're in an extremely bad mental health space. I don't think that's what we want to happen. Yeah, I think that's probably where we go. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that's one of the ways that it's, uh, it's honoring FF6, um, that FF6 does does do this thing that Final Fantasy hadn't really done yet. And it, like, is introducing technology, uh, you know, like, kind of like some semblance of stepping forward towards modern technology uh, that is going to be advanced much further in FF7 mm-hmm. uh, with speed bikes and, you know, uh, like, uh, even biplanes are something that you're not really getting here. Um, so I, I think that it's it's really fun in terms of the world. The other thing I would say is, this game is not afraid to to break some traditional structure. Um, that there are um, there are ways in which um, it really leans into the size of its cast, uh, so that you have moments in Final Fantasy VI where you are unexpectedly playing as different characters. Uh, yeah. That um, it's maybe a little bit hard to pin down. Who's the main character of Final Fantasy VI? I think it's an ensemble piece, but some people really have very strong opinions of who's your who's your cloud, who's your squall. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that that really exists in this one. Um, I think that some characters are more like narratively important than others, but uh, by design, the game wants you to see things and experience things through different perspectives. I think that's really really cool, and it also wants you to experience. Um, all that a world has to offer, uh, including intense levels of pain and chaos and frustration. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to be vague in, in the illusions there, but um, there is some really bold structural storytelling that this game will do that has roots, as I think uh, I had expressed to you once upon a time, Zed, in my surprise over Final Fantasy II. Uh, and some of the things that Final Fantasy II was doing with its world. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was like, oh, okay. So they had some ideas early on that they are going to be able to utilize the full extent of the SNES to, um, to, to push those ideas even further. So structurally, this is a very cool game. Yeah, uh, you're, you're going to gain and lose party members with regularity. You're going to have the opportunity to change those party members as frequently as you want, although I got very spoiled by Chrono Trigger and being able to literally just change party from the menu anytime, anywhere. Um, in this game, you will have to access your airship and go in there and talk to them and do it gets a little tedious. Uh, but there's a lot happening with learning backstories, with learning relationships, um, 
playing through backstories in in some cases uh being on a phantom train mm-hmm. um a lot of uh, you there's so many environments that are distinct within the world of this game and every character has their own uh like skill set that you can learn to use should learn to use maybe um and depends so on how lot. deep you want to go right yeah, you know but the game hands you a lot of things to master if you want to yeah but because of that, some of those things work better than others. Yes. Uh, and there have definitely been some quality of life improvements uh, by the time that we're in Pixel Remaster. I don't know if that was stuff that was in place um, for things like the, the Game Boy Advance versions uh, of uh, Final Fantasy VI or the DS or whatever. Um, but uh, I, certainly for Pixel Remaster, there's some things like uh, there's the character Cyan, uh, the samurai of Doma, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before, you know, everyone has their own unique thing. He would have something that was called sword tech at the time. Uh, and you would have to wait a certain amount of time as a as a meter filled up uh uh-huh. to to like know, a limit exe- break bar yes yeah. kind of but you know you would select sword tech and a bar was slowly filling like an atb bar yeah uh, and you would wait until it lined up with the number of the move that you wanted to use oh, and no. it was atrocious which stinks because the stuff that he was able to do was great and powerful but the the playing of it was mechanically awful um yeah. That has changed. They yes. made that much easier to do here in Pixel Remaster. So uh, that's terrific. Um, but then there are some things, I think, um, that are just probably unfixable. That's mostly like level design. Uh, there's some dungeons in this game that suck outright. Uh-huh. Uh, that are trash that I really dislike. Um and you have to play. Uh, and then there's others that are optional later on, but you'll want to play. And some uh-huh. of those dungeons are trash. Uh, so there's definitely some stuff. I believe it was Jay Shadow who was in uh, the, the PSR Discord talking about his first time going through FF6 and how uh, perhaps the game was suffering from some degree of overhype, but also that sometimes mechanically it's a very frustrating game. I think that yes. that's fair, but I think that the... the and, and I agree with it, in fact. But I think that Square's heart is in the right place. And I think that they're trying stuff in an admirable way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's definitely more points in this game than any other than any other Final Fantasy thus far that I've played where they're like, we're going to be a platformer now. Right. Uh, and and it, I think it is well established on the record how I feel about my RPGs turning into platformers. Yeah. Uh, my platforming skills are not getting better, I don't think. Yeah. It's just uh, brute forcing your way through some of this stuff and a lot of frustration on the stream and my chat betting how many times I will fall into lava mm-hmm. in the course of a dungeon. <laughs> um, but overall, uh, I had a really good time. You know, I'm not going to have a bad time with a Final Fantasy game that's not Final Fantasy V. I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> make sure to clarify. Oh, uh, it's clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So how about this? Let's um, let's throw it to commercial at this point in time. And when we come back, we're going to talk through the rest of the story of this portion of Final Fantasy VI. We're really doing introductory stuff today in this first episode. And we will do that all uninterrupted on the other side of this commercial break. Stay tuned. We took it all. 
we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Zed, we begin Final Fantasy VI. Um, well, technically, we begin Final Fantasy VI with this sort of strange storm cloud mix of, uh, like, lightning bolts and all of a sudden the... Yep. As Final Fantasy VI, the title card shows up trinket things are starting to play uh it's just like this sort of like okay whoa this got uh, pretty soap operatic pretty quickly yeah that i mean that's where we're gonna start right and we're gonna have the uh we're gonna watch the empire magitech moving through moving through the snow um, I mean, we get a little scene, I think, first. We do. We them. get we get this backstory, too, right? Like yes, we, we of get the this, War of the Magi. Yeah, we get this backstory, and we, you know, we're setting up effectively the world. The world of Final Fantasy VI is th- a thousand years ago, there was this war called the War of the Magi. Uh, and afterwards, um, you know, man and Esper, uh, these magical creatures, sort of went their own way. And uh, after the War of the Magi magic which had been a thing in the world of uh of final fantasy 6 colloquially uh wow can't say that word world of balance is what it's called um and uh in the world of balance suddenly magic is basically gone um except uh after this thousand years of no magic the the dreaded evil empire as uh, as often comes up in these games classic yeah has decided to effectively open pandora's box uh, and uh, reapproach magic again 
um, mm-hmm. and bring magic back into the realm of the game. Uh, and they're uh, trying to excavate um, espers and all of this old, all, all these old magical relics. And there's a lot of questioning about, is this a smart thing to do? Or is this just going to cast us back into a horrible dark age um, that this introduction is showing us off? We're getting to see like the scale of the, imp- uh, the Imperial capital of Vector. And you're seeing these characters who are standing there. There's uh, Emperor Gestal, who I always thought kind of looked like a poodle. Uh, uh-huh. Like his hair and like his arms sort of like flopping to the side kind of gives big poodle energy to me. Emperor Poodle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a Gestalian Poodle uh, is a very specific type. Uh, you're seeing some of his generals. There's going to be three important Imperial generals to the story. The aforementioned Kefka, uh, Celis, who's a character we'll talk about a lot at some point, uh, and General Leo. General Leo. Uh, the man. Uh, and uh, you're going to see them like being like saluted, and it's like, oh, all of these vibes are bad. Uh, it's like pretty clear the introduction Zed is making you feel uh, very quickly opposed to the Empire. Yeah, it's a little bit like the start of Final Fantasy IV, except you're not going to be playing as the Empire. You are, in fact, going to be against them, as I would have expected in Final Fantasy IV. Um, and so that, yeah, that is where we begin. And we begin with the feeling that maybe we are on the brink of a second war of the Magi, uh, this catastrophic event, a cataclysm. I think it gets called a cataclysmic event, a cataclysm, yes. something that Square Enix loves. They love that word to describe their uh, great world disrupting wars um, or moments in time. And again, a thousand years has gone by since this war. Uh, and we have, Biggs and Wedge, I guess Biggs was once called Bix. Yes. Uh, but now Bix and Wedge. Uh, like the, uh, are like here. the cough drop, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, you get these M- Imperial soldiers, Vix and Wedge, uh, and they're stomping around in Magitek armor, and they have uh, uh, reached Narsh, which is this snowy town uh, where um, there have been reports of an Esper being sighted. Uh, and uh, because of that, they are bringing some magical backup because the Magitek armor channels magic abilities and can do uh, you know its own sort of facsimile of magic. But there is this other person who seems to be really, really powerful that is, uh, for whatever reason, just being utilized on this mission kind of as a throwaway, uh, and she seems to have basically... No personality, no memories. Is her it saying name is anything? Six question marks. Mm-hmm. And the most notable thing about her is she got green hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see, so you're green, sold. Yeah, you see green hair, and you know me with hair in a Final Fantasy game. Like, ah, I'm leaning in. Okay. Uh, so I loved Tara immediately uh, the uh-huh. first time I saw her in in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, so and when you go into battles, this was surprising to me that right off the bat you are battling with these three characters, but you're pretty super powered because you have this Magitek armor. You're not fighting with some dinky little knife doing four damage at a time to your enemies. You're fighting these enemies that probably only have about 30 HP, but you're doing 200 plus damage at a time. Overkill, yeah. Uh, And you'll notice that Terra as we will come to learn her name is, um, 
has additional abilities beyond the, I think, four standard abilities that your other Magitek armor soldiers have. So that's like your first hint that something else is going on with her beyond just being also in one of these Magitek armor suits. Yes. Uh, so they are, yeah, they're signaling to you right away that there's something different about Terra. Um, so there is this cool, or at least I think cool, uh, opening cinematic, basically, of uh, Terra and Biggs. Uh, Terra, Biggs, and Wedge are, are marching forward in like the snowy plain. For the longest time, Well, in, I say. Well, in, in Pixel Remaster, I think Pixel Remaster makes some, in my opinion, bad editorial decisions. Uh, there are a few creative differences that I have with the Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster and my experience of it thus far. And one of them is during this opening scene where Nobumatsu's incredible score for FF6, uh, which is just, it's really exceptional, the music to this game, uh, is, you know, you're getting the the opening violins and, like, the real theme to the game that's, you know, um, mapped onto Terra's theme. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're, in the original playing of it, you're getting, it's a credits scene. You're seeing all the people whose hard work and labor went into making the game. In like they used remaster. to do with the movies in the 50s, in, where they put the credits at the beginning. Well, some movies still do this. Uh, and, you know, so like I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate a good credit sequence. Um, but Pixel Remaster, there's none of the credits. And so it's just them marching to the music forever. For the like so long. Like you think it should be over about three times before. Yes. They even start to see Narsh, and then they continue marching for a while, yes. and then they finally get there. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's very, very, very strange. Nothing uh, is happening. They're nothing. just walking through snow. Yes. Uh, it is really, really odd. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they're just walking through snow, and as they push into Narsh, they're experiencing some measure of resistance from the people who, who live there. They do not like that the Empire is approaching them. Uh, and so they're fighting back. And to your point, you're just squashing them, uh, which yeah. I think is, is a really great way of using the gameplay to articulate sort of the, the power disparity in the story that uh, like the, the oppressive power of the empire reaching across the globe in this game is translated to the fact that um, your characters at the start of the game are just, frog marching through uh through through narsh uh you yeah. know cutting through people like butter you take you every few steps a couple more guards come out and are, are saying you you won't take over our town uh you're definitely going to take over their town <laughs> yes very likely you're just going to take over their town uh so uh eventually you go d- deep into these caves the caves of narsh uh and as you're in the caves of narsh uh you will see uh you will run into in the original game, it was called a Welk. I don't know if it's called that anymore. Uh, no, it's definitely co- the thing that looks kind of like Lavos. It's like a little snail. <laughs> it's a little snail, but <laughs> having just spent so much time fighting Lavos, it's got like a spiky shell, yeah. and you don't want to attack the shell. You only want to attack the head. Yeah, uh, it's like this little snail thing. That has, uh, yeah, it has a, it has a like a, a long like snout and head that you yeah. want to be attacking, but sometimes it retreats in, into its shell, and if you attack it when it's uh when it's uh in its shell, uh, you're gonna regret that. You'll get like 
attacked with horrible lightning that will actually do damage to your characters. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, it's called Emir now. Y M I R. It's got a name. His name is Amir? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't they know. Like, yeah, they're like, hey, Amir. Yeah. Um, and he comes out and you do this boss fight. What? Did you fight these magic attack dudes? Ugh. I just sat down. Uh, Give me I, a minute. I just. <sighs> All right. Yeah. And then he, you know, and then you get a really slow cutscene of the snail moving mm-hmm. across. That's you, that doesn't actually happen. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, Final Fantasy loves to throw these opening bosses at you that teach you a lesson. It's like, yeah. I mean, as long as you don't attack the shell, it's not hard. Yeah. Uh, you just you just wait. Maybe you heal for fun while you're waiting. You don't yeah. really need it, but you might as well. You got nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just like, you know, I love to just sort of uh, brute force my way through these games as well, Zed. But the more and more uh, complicated the games become, the harder it is to just, you know, fight a bad guy without consequences. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's been interesting because I've also been I just finished my replay of Final Fantasy two on the stream uh, also on Wednesday. I beat two Final Fantasy games in one day. Wow. Um, but to be going back and forth between the mechanics of the more you do a thing, the better you get at it to know you actually got to pay attention to the things that you're doing. Uh, when I went back to Final Fantasy six yesterday, yeah. I was like, oh, I can't just keep hitting it with a sword and my sword will get better. Yeah, I have to like make choices about how I want my skills to improve. Um, Cause I also was a little spoiled having played so much Chrono Trigger in new game plus mode that I was just cutting through things and then coming to the end of final fantasy six and being like, Oh, I don't know if I'm quite ready for some of this because right. my characters were at extremely disparate levels by the time you're getting to like Kefka's tower and those sorts of things. Yes. A hundred percent. So uh, you beat, you beat a mirror. Uh-huh. Uh, and you continue into the caves and eventually you encounter like this kind of alien magic bird looking thing uh, frozen in this, you know, kind of shard of crystalline ice. Yes. Uh, and Final Fantasy VI does this thing that um, Previous Final Fantasies have done. You know, we acknowledged uh, Cecil versus Cecil in Final Fantasy IV, for instance. Um, But Final Fantasy VI loves to use a battle scene to really tell a tale. Uh, Yeah. And people will, like, interact on on the battle screen almost Zed as if it's uh, a stage play. Uh, yeah, where like this is like the this is the stage where they'll move around on it. They'll have emotional expressive reactions, and you're getting your first one here when Biggs and Wedge and Tara approach this thing, and then Tara really approaches this thing, and yeah. seems to have some kind of communion with this bird-like monster that works out poorly for Biggs and Wedge. Yeah, they get like absorbed or either absorbed or set to another dimension, one of the two. They're no longer there, uh, but Tara just has a connection, and I think that might be our first instance of the, like, oh, sound that we get whenever Esper things are going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, and so uh, I think, I don't know which one disappears first, but either Biggs or Wedge, like, just blinks out of existence, basically, 
And then the other one's like, Biggs, Wedge, where'd you go? And then they blink out of existence. Yeah. Uh, I, did, is it your interpretation that they were just killed or were they thrown somewhere? Good question. I think when I was younger, I, I thought that they were incinerated. Uh, yeah. And then on this playthrough, having used teleport so much in Final Fantasy <laughs> II, yeah. I was like, did I just teleport? Did they just get teleported somewhere? And uh -huh. if so, where, the were shadow they realm? where were they deposited? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, they're not going to be in, like, the world of espers. No. That's not where they'd be sent to. No. But that we don't really have a context for what happens in this world when espers interact with humans because they don't. Right. Uh, this is not something people have experience with in, in like their lifetimes. Yeah. Um, so we're not given a lot of information about how those interactions would work as we encounter it for the first time. Um, so on the other side of this, we, we are um, with Tara as she is waking up um, in uh, some strange home. Uh, there's a, a mustached man who seems to have been taking care of her. Uh, and she has a little more agency now and seems like an actual person as opposed to like this army drone. Um, and that's because apparently she was wearing uh, a slave crown. Yeah, not subtle. <laughs> uh, yes, she had been in, it, enslaved uh, and was completely under the thumb of the empire. Uh, and now that it's off of her head, some things are starting to come back, but not everything. Uh, she's not exactly clear on um, where she comes from and what her backstory is, but she at least knows her name. Uh, and uh, the, the game does this thing that it does every time you get a new uh, playable character. Uh, and it tells you, like, like the, the character will move to the center of the screen. <laughs> And they will tell you like this little bit of backstory. They have like this. I, I, I always forget. Uh, I should have written it down what they say about Tara. But like the screen goes dark and they write these like not quite haikus, but these like yeah. little slices of poetry that describe who the character is and then give you the option to, to name them. So you get it. With I Tara always the read them in this kind of newscaster voice as if it uh -huh. were the 1920s. And I would say uh -huh. a young woman from the town of we don't know where. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who seems to be able to do magic. Uh, that's very uh, almost uh, Legend of Korra of you. That's uh, mm. how they how they did it in that game. Um, yeah, and so it's, she's Tara. She's like, my name's Tara, and I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but then people are knocking at the door. Uh, people who actually live here in Narsh who want to, you know, take out uh, this Imperial soldier. They don't know any better. They don't know that she was enslaved. They don't know what she was all about. All they know is that she just stomped through town on magic. Yeah, she armor. just like committed some war crimes and they want yeah. some justice. Fair. Uh, yeah. So uh, this guy is going to say, well, get out of here. I'll stall them. Uh, head for the caves and see if you can't just leave. Uh, so very, very kind person. He's given you a home. He's taken off your slave crown and he's going to hold off the guards while you uh, dip out of here. Don't leave without checking the clock. Yes. Uh, I was there in the Twitch chat when Zed was playing this part of the game. Uh, and a bunch of us were like, the clock. And we're like, what? The game was clock? Like, it's five o'clock? Like, uh, it might be four o'clock? A little hard to tell. I was very focused on what time the clock said it was. Check the clock. Uh, because if you check the clock, uh, you'll get an elixir. Almost yeah. all the time. Uh, Almost all the time. 
all the clocks in the games, this is where everybody stores their elixirs. And in like that great video game trope of you just rob people blind. Yeah, you just walk into people's houses, take their stuff and leave. Yes, uh, that you have uh, you have elixirs galore if you check everybody's grandfather clocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get one of those. Um, and then you'll be, you know, in control of just Terra as you're winding your way back through the caves of Narsh. And suddenly the game's a little bit harder uh, because she has some magic at her disposal. Mm -hmm. She seems to have that magic natively. um, Like she has that just within her. um, To the point that she will just learn a spell in Mm -hmm. a little bit, which nobody else does. She's got fire, cure, a couple of other things. Um, But she has a finite uh, amount of magic points. So you just want to be careful with how much of that you're using. Mm -hmm. Um, But enemies are a little bit harder outside of the Magitek suit. You're not quite as hardy yourself. Your HP is much uh, easier to crack, I think. Yeah, you go from 200 something down to, I don't know, 70 something maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is a significant decrease in your stats instantly. Uh, But the enemies are still what they were before you are still fighting beginning of the game enemies you just can't blast through them like you're at the end of the game right correct uh so um so that is uh you know a big disparity between where you had been before uh and as you are moving your way through the mines of narsh eventually these guards and narsh are gonna come and find you uh and they're gonna back you into a corner and Tara like falls through the rot of the cave uh, and sprawls out in this uh, more subterranean lair uh, and is unconscious and experiences some memories. She experiences herself being like placed in the Magitek armor, um, being weaponized by the Empire, being weaponized specifically by this cackling clown, uh, General Kefka. Is that yeah? Who I, Kefka, the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, mm-hmm. this extremely flamboyant villain um, who is just so clear and specific in their characterization, in their motivations, in their attitudes, um, that I, I really do think that that's the person you get the clearest picture of over the course of this game. You get everybody's perspective on kefka and and who kefka is and why they're like this yeah um and we get a lot of dialogue from kefka they are present throughout the the whole story and i think it's kind of the story of kefka's downfall as much if not more than anything else that we get in the course of final fantasy 6 kefka is a lot Kefka is unlike any of the villains we have seen in the game thus far in the Final Fantasy so franchise. Uh, it's just a wild, wild time, uh, this character. <laughs> yeah, he's just cackling around. Uh, there's like fire that uh, Terra is uh, is blasting out. Uh, and uh, and Kefka's just like, burn, baby. Love this. Yeah. Uh, so More yeah. chaos. Yeah, uh, loves chaos. And yes. it's just... Uh, uh, very effusive about it in a way that your Sephiroth is like a moody emo, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of swordsman. Uh, Kefka is the Final Fantasy Joker, yeah. right? Uh, Absolutely. You know, Heath Ledger as Kefka, uh, you know, once upon a time. Uh, so uh, they, she's unconscious, and you get your first dose of 
Final Fantasy VI is going to have you play as a bunch of different characters. Yeah. Um, because suddenly we cut away from that back to the house of the guy who was protecting Terra, and uh, some thief comes barging in. Hey. Yeah, who should bust down the door? But <laughs> who are you calling thief? I'm an adventurer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you calling thief? He's a treasure hunter, world renowned treasure hunter yeah. lock. Legitimate uh, or, businessman. Or as I say, loci. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I love the the thief named Locke as in the thing you pick. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, really on right spot on the nose. Um, but Locke is your is your second playable main character that you meet in the game. He's uh, he's got this gray hair. He's got the blue bandana and the blue vest. And he's got the great, great uh, adventurous Indiana Jones ish music. Yeah. Um, and yet as a playable character, he sucks. Yes. Uh, Locke, terrible uh, as a playable character. As a story character, awesome great great vibes character but he his function is to steal from your enemies yeah and his steal works like three out of uh 800 times yeah Uh, someone shared a meme uh in the discord that was Locke asking what his function was i think it might have been a futurama meme so i didn't totally get it uh but he was like what is my function and and the answer was to fail at stealing (laughs) yeah um yeah and it's never my instinct to steal in any of the games that there's always a character who can do it or you can equip an ability to do it um and that is never my instinct and so i did it very rarely in in playing through the game but when i went back to it yesterday i had him do it constantly just to see what would happen because i didn't need huge damage output yet um and we stocked up on potions pretty well. Like I haven't really bought any resources in the game yet because he just gets them. Yeah. Um, maybe it's easier to steal at the beginning. And then obviously as the enemies get harder, but your stealth ability doesn't get any better then it doesn't go as well. I've given him, I think it's called a thief's glove at the point that I'm at in my playthrough right now. And so it turns steel into mug. mug. Yeah. So, so at, least at least you are attacking. Yeah. Yeah. But give a mug from the out, uh, from, from the jump, you know, confusingly, just... there is a thief's glove that does something else. The one that does that is called the brigands glove. So you can never find it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, because the thief thing is not that correct. Um, so uh, Locke is read in on Terra, and Locke's like, "Okay, well, I can't just let an innocent uh, person just be attacked. Uh, so I'll go and and save her." Uh, and it also sounds like she could be important to our cause. She's starting to get like this these little rumblings of a of a of a counter mm-hmm. uh, to the Empire. Some some a uh, uh, little bit of a return of those rebellion vibes uh, always got to be a rebel group right gotta be gotta be it's very star warsy this game uh yeah. you know lots of star wars vibes throughout final fantasy but i think this one you really feel it uh the most outside of the cecil and golbez of it all mm-hmm. um so Locke is gonna go into this cave uh he's gonna find tara immediately and the empire uh is going to be uh no it's not the empire i think it's the it's narsh itself right i think it's still narsh that's like pushing in uh these soldiers from narsh who are pushing in to attack tara and right. so so Locke uh is going to try and defend her against that but he's just one little treasure hunter against an oncoming uh assortment of uh of soldiers 
Yeah. So he's going to have to call in some backup, Zed. What happens here? Uh, he is going to... <laughs> he's going to call in the Moogles. Yes. The Moogles are I... here lost my mind i was like i'm sorry i get to play as like 12 moogles yeah living the dream yeah an absolute dream yeah uh, a tower defense game but unlike fort condor a tower defense game you will easily win instead of completely lose every time yes uh so the game likes this as well uh the game likes to split your party up um and give you the choice of switching back and forth between um parties uh to the end of the game it will explain to you to switch parties push the button on the bottom of the screen yes they will make sure that you know what you're doing and how to do it um sometimes in the game uh this will be mandatory uh where there's just no way to proceed in the game without switching parties Mm -hmm. Other times, what you could do, such as in a moment like this, where if all of the bad guys reach Terra, or if any bad guy reaches Terra, it's game over. Um, What I'll do is I'll just defend her with two of the three parties. I'll just surround her. So in a worst case scenario, they have to get through them. And then I'll just tank with one party and go and take out all the enemies with that party. Uh, And uh, in this case, you just got uh, three parties of Moogles. Tiny little white teddy bears with wings, bot bellies. They say, Koopa! Uh, mm-hmm. And they're incredible. And they really get their biggest debut here in FF6, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Were they in FF5 at all? No. I don't, I don't have a great not memory. Not that event. I recall, but I have largely erased that game from my brain. Yeah. Uh, um, but here, so we're going to have one party of you know, four Moogles with names like Miguel and Malulu mm-hmm. and Mog, whatever. Uh, you'll have a party that is headed by Manual. Mog. Manual. Yeah, probably. Uh-huh. Um, Mogul. Yes, that's it. Uh, you'll have a party headed by Locke. You'll have a party headed by Mog, uh, who is who is going to show up again in the future. Mog is your friend. Mog is going to explain all of these things to you. Um, and the chat also informed me this time around that you can take Mog's equipment and then you have some like pretty OP equipment that you wouldn't normally get until later in the game. Oh, yeah. Good tip. So you get it. It's a shield and a mithril sword, I think. Good tip. Um, that suddenly you just have for free. And I was like, well, wait, can you take everybody's equipment? But no, you cannot um, strip down all the Moogles of their, of their various items, but you can take Mog's stuff. Uh, so you have Mog's team, you have Locke's team, and then you have four additional Moogles as a team. And I split them up so that they're each defending a way forward um, and eventually had Locke take over so he can get the XP because he needs it. But yeah. split it up pretty evenly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you defeat the bad guys. Locke thanks the Moogles. We're in your debt, Moogles. Uh, always and forever love the little moogles and they go back deeper into the cave into their little moogle cave uh, which you can find later on in the game Uh, and Locke is going to rescue Tara and get her out of there uh, and say listen these uh, people are after you we're going to have to we got to protect you we got to we got to make sure that you're you know in a safe spot we've got people here in Narsh that don't like you and if you're defecting from the Empire eventually they're going to want to come back and uh, you know retrieve their asset 
so let's take you to like a place where I know you're going to be safe. Uh, it's just a little further south of Narsh. Real climate contrast uh, as we are going from the snowy tundra of Narsh and within, you know, a 10 second walk, if you're without random encounters, uh, you're going to be in this sprawling desert on the middle of the continent. And there's this huge castle in the middle of the desert called Figaro Castle, which is a castle, the mechanics of which I spoiled for you once upon a time. You did. In a, in a quiz about locations in Final Fantasy VIII, the uh, the incorrect the location that did not exist in Final Fantasy VIII was Figaro Castle, yes, uh, a castle that submerges into the desert uh, and submarines its way to another desert. Yes, on on like a pneumatic, I presume, a pneumatic tube track. We presume under the earth only between these two distinct locations. Well, it, it was can't probably just go it was probably very expensive to do. Uh, you yeah. know, and it's still, you know, uh, like the early days of technology. So relatively impressive that they're basically able to turn this castle into like, uh, you know, what is it? The, 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 what's the, the, the path from London to Paris is that the, uh, the channel, the channel. Yeah. There's just like channeling Figaro to <laughs> what is it? Colingen. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, that's good enough. Uh, that yeah, it's a sand to... submarine. Yeah, it's got to be weird to be on that castle when it's underground. Anyway, uh, so you go there. Locke takes you there, uh, and you're in Figaro, and it's this huge castle, and it's uh, much more technologically advanced than your typical castles in these games up to this point. Uh, and it is uh, under the protection of the king of Figaro, uh, a man named Edgar, who takes an immediate liking to Terra. Yes, for namely the feature that she is a woman. Yes. It's like, oh, that's what he you, likes lady. best about anyone. Yeah. It would uh, seem. He does say, like, there's three things about you that are making me want to protect you. One, you're a lady. Uh, yeah. two, two, I got to know if you're my type. Yeah, I'm wondering if you're exactly my type. Uh, or if then, I'm your type, actually. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, he wants to know if he's, if he's Tara's type. And right. I guess a distant third would be your abilities right uh-huh yeah. oh yeah i like couldn't even finish saying it i do the voice acting as i'm playing the games and i like i stopped mid-sense i was like i don't even want to say it. gross yeah. no yeah yeah uh yeah i think that uh edgar maybe doesn't hold up so great i thought he was awesome as a kid of course he's he like, did he's got he's got tools he's got the auto crossbow you can give him a bio blaster a noise blaster eventually you yeah. can give him a chainsaw yeah chainsaw uh he's cool he's Which got in cool the pixel stuff remaster, he sometimes, not every time, but when you're using the chainsaw, he sometimes dons a Freddy mask, a Jason mask. This is from the jump uh, back in the day. He would some. Oh, like, really? Put, yeah. With the chainsaw, sometimes you could just auto kill someone. And when he does that, he puts on a Jason Voorhees mask. Um, Edgar. Absolutely wild. Edgar's highly problematic, but also kind of great, in my opinion. He also does a lot of finger wagging. He's very sassy. There's a lot of finger wagging and thumbs upping in this. Yes. Yes. There's tons of that. A lot of tisk tisk. Uh huh. uh, And and... a lot of like stunned blinking. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what to say to you right now. I'm just going to blink a lot as I try to absorb that information. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he makes a weird first impression. 
having just gotten to uh, through uh, the iconic opera scene, I'll say he's not the most problematic uh, playable character in the game. Sure, um, sure. We'll get there in a in a couple of chapters. I had I was like, whoa, I not quite remember it this way, but okay. Uh-huh. Um, so. Edgar's going to let Tara kind of, you know, make herself at home, roam the castle a little bit. I always find this part, uh, I have to catch up and remember what it is I'm supposed to do. Because you can't advance the game unless you talk to one specific old woman uh, yes. in like a corner of the castle. Yes. Who's going to tell you that Edgar has a twin brother. Uh, yeah, which triggers a flashback to them when they were kids and you find out that the brother like left for freedom while Edgar stayed and took care of the castle. Yes. But also they found out that their mother died when they were young. um, And now their dad is dying. And that's how Edgar is going to end up uh, as the King. Yes. Well, while Saban disappears. Yes. Uh, Saban's going to disappear in, uh, we're going to talk a ton about Saban next time. Uh, we're we're saving Saban uh, content for, for the second podcast where we're going to go all in on uh, a character who maybe maybe a surprise given my Final Fantasy type. Uh, Saban, uh, as a kid, was my by far favorite Final Fantasy VI character. Uh, Interesting. That not is even surprising. Close. Yeah. Uh, I love Saban. I think Saban's great. Uh, and so you're just learning about Edgar's, you know, history and that he's got this twin brother and the fact that they show you the character and take him center stage and tell you a little bit more and you get to name and you're like, okay, I'll play as that person at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you then go back and, uh, and, and Locke is going to show you to your room. Um, uh, or I think even before that you go back to the throne room and you talk to Edgar who is the, who's in this weird position of, he is uh, Figaro is aligned with the Empire ostensibly, or at least you know um, they are not in direct conflict with each other. They're in sort of agreeable terms. Right. Um, but Edgar himself is uh, sympathetic to the to the rebel cause. Yes, he doesn't want Figaro to get attacked, so he's trying to do what he can to protect his people by not going against the Empire in a like professional public capacity uh like as head of state he he is aligning with the empire but as person edgar outside of his responsibilities in his own personal life as much as they can be extricated from his role he is a he is a sympathizer uh, co-conspirator with the the returners yes uh, so he's, you know, a secret rebel. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, uh, as predicted, the empire knows that Tara is missing. She has not reported back. So they're going to come to Figaro castle. Uh, and, uh, this is such an important deal that general Kefka himself is going to roll up, uh, on, on Figaro castle. The dialogue is something like, you got a girl in there. Yeah. And Edgar's like, oh, we have so many girls in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you get the great Kefka theme song. Yeah. Would be a shame if something were to happen to Figaro. <laughs> 
Well, I don't think we have what you're looking for, General Kefka. There's just so many women here, I couldn't possibly know if we have the woman you're looking for. Kefka's oh, theme song rocks. Is that is that the attitude you're going to take? Well, yes. what a shame that would be. Uh, and Kefka is armed with these two imperial soldiers who are literally uh, Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Uh, because uh, eventually they're going to come back the next day after Edgar has said she's not here. And Edgar's like, Locke, I think you're going to need to like take her into deeper hiding because this is stressful. And so like the next day or in the middle of the night or whatever, uh, Figaro Castle is set ablaze. Uh, and if, and you, if talk- you go talk to the soldiers, they say, the castle's on fire. And you're yeah. like, thanks. Yeah. I-, I can see that. But if you talk to either of the Imperial soldiers with Kefka, they'll go, <laughs> fire, <laughs> Uh, which was a very definitely deliberate 90s call out of Beavis and Butthead, uh-huh. which is so silly uh, and utterly ridiculous uh, that that was a choice that Square made. Um, very weird, like, references to non-Square properties in this game. Yes. Uh, so, uh, great. Just incredible stuff. Um, meanwhile, uh Edgar is like, okay, well, I guess I got to surrender because I can't let you have my uh, castle on fire. Just kidding. And he's going to dip over Psych. the He's going to dip over the side of the castle uh, and Locke, uh, his name's Locke, uh, is going to have uh, some chocobos, uh, three chocobos to be exact, one with him, one with Tara, and one with Edgar's name all over it. And mm-hmm. Edgar is going to hop off the castle hop onto the chocobo, dip out of town, having given the order, lower the castle, go into, go into the shuttle. Uh, <laughs> and so you see the castle, like, constricts. Trigger down. Mm-hmm. It, like, constricts. It goes subterranean. Uh, and it leaves Kefka and the Imperial soldiers uh, stranded in the desert. In the desert, yeah. You're like, what the hell? And as they're coming in, like when they're coming into uh, Figaro, you see Kefka like wandering along. He's like, why does he have to live like in the middle of Bumble from nowhere? Yeah. Uh, out here in the desert, this is so annoying. We have to come all this way. Well, now you're stuck and there's not even a castle to be at anymore. You're just in the middle of the desert flat on your back on the ground as the castle has accordioned up yes. and then been sucked into the desert. Uh, should say I'm just seeing this now. I definitely got babe texted for the Kefka theme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the form of, dude, what are you doing? Uh, so I we have evolved from babe to dude. Wow. Uh, I got reamed. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, you catch back up in the desert and... Um, you are going to, uh, on Chocobo back, Locke, Edgar, and Tara are going to encounter, uh, I think, a Magitek uh, boss, uh, something like that, some kind of tank situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are going to get yet another battle cinematic as Tara is going to cast magic. If you choose to cast magic with Tara, which I don't know why you wouldn't do when the boss music is kicking in. Uh I'm so tempted to do the boss music, but I'm going to hold I've got to not do it. Even if you don't, even if you don't cast magic, she will eventually do it anyway. Because I was just attacking. Because once you have Edgar, you can use him to do, he has his his auto crossbow and he's doing significant damage. So you can 
preserve your your MP and also just have Terra attacking and have Locke attempting to steal potions. Yes. Um, and if you just put it on auto battle and let that happen, eventually she will still of her own accord. She is so magical. You cannot stop her. Yes. She will uh, use fire anyway. And, and the men will freak out. They will have big bug eyes. They will look like they've been electrocuted. They will jump up in this in the sky. Uh, and we this is a conversation that has to be had now. Yes. Uh, and so there is uh, a lot of excitement uh, as uh, as Locke and Edgar are both like magic. Magic? What? Because they've never seen anything like this. This is brand. There's no magic in the world. This is this is not supposed to happen. And so Tara doing magic is a really big deal. And Tara is in turn freaked out that she seems to be doing something that's freaking people out. And so you'll finish the battle, and Locke and Edgar basically say to Tara, "You are incredibly special. This is super unique." And you could change the tide in this uh, in this conflict as the empire is trying to sweep across the world, and we're trying to stop that from happening. You could help us stop that from happening. And Tara's like, "But what if I don't want to? What if I just want to live?" Uh, and that's sort of the tension of the early going, at least of the game, of Tara being like, "I don't know that I want to be part of a resistance. I I just woke up." Yeah, I barely know who I am. I just want to be a person. Uh, the chat had asked me if I was going to rename all the characters this playthrough, and I said no. But I did make Tara Tara with six question marks after her name, since that is how you first meet her. Yes. So now, anytime I am reading her name in in dialogue, it's Tara. That's great. Uh, <laughs> who so are yeah. you, Tara? Is she is she going to join the cause or is she not? That's you know sort of the 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 question that's on the tip of the of the of the tongue of both Locke, uh, Edgar, as well as the players uh, mm -hmm. of of the of the game. Uh, and they have a destination in mind. They want to take her to meet their rebel leader uh, so that she can maybe uh, so that Tara can maybe make a call for herself after being better informed. Um, and when we resume talking about Final Fantasy VI next week, we will find out what Tara's decision is. But perhaps that, as importantly, we're going to recruit uh, this new playable character, Sabin, uh, Edgar's brother, and a lot is going to happen with Sabin, and the structure of the game is going to explode. Uh, yeah. And it was this whole huge to-do at the time the game came out. So I'm really excited to start getting into some scenarios uh, in next week's podcast. We will predominantly be talking about Sabin's scenario. So if you want to be playing along with the podcast, uh, you can finish the Edgar and Tara scenario, uh, but you definitely want to finish Sabin's scenario. And I think we're going to hold on Locke's scenario for podcast number three. Uh, so that is the uh, the player progress per podcast uh, pace that you need to keep up at this point in time. Um, but I think a really compelling start to Final Fantasy VI, Zed. I think like they throw a lot at you really early on. Yeah, I was hooked into it pretty quickly. Um, as I said, I think the beginning of the game is stronger than later on. It, it wanders a little bit. Um, but I was very excited to get started with this this woman who has magic in a world with no magic, as as we are led to believe, at least. Um, and to be given so many characters and such a wide world right off the bat 
I do really appreciate that they put dots on the map of all the places even before you've gone to them. It won't tell you what they are. You have to go to them to learn what they are. But to even have a sense of where you're supposed to be going on these huge maps when you're trying to find little cave holes in mountains uh, was something I really appreciated as someone who has done a lot of accidental grinding, just being lost on a world map for a really long time. I think that makes it more player friendly to be like, oh, I'm probably going to this dot over here uh, as my next destination. Makes it a little easier to keep moving forward when there's so many other things that are that you have to like learn on the fly along the way. Yes. Uh, so we're going to learn a lot more on the fly here. If that's not enough Final Fantasy VI content for you, you can go to twitch.tv slash hope and check out all of Zed's VODs of Final Fantasy VI. Zed, are you in your replay? Is that just for you or are you doing that on the stream? So I'm doing the beginning of it on the stream because the be- the first five chapters of my playthrough did not make it to YouTube before they disappeared off Twitch somehow. Uh, so I got to do those to complete the play th- the playlist for YouTube. So if you missed the beginning or you want to just hang out with me a bit, I am doing those playthroughs on Thursday afternoons uh, before we record the podcast on Friday. Um, so if that's of interest to you, that's when you can find me doing that. Uh, but we finished Final Fantasy 2 and we finished Chrono Trigger and I finished Fire Emblem. I've beaten a lot of video games since March started. Um, I finished Shadowbringers for those of you out there playing Final Fantasy 14. Um, so I, there's some new things starting on the channel in the very near future. I think tonight I'd start playing my first Pokemon game in like 20 years. Cause that's something that my, uh, that my viewers really want me to do. Um, and we'll see what else happens. Persona 5 is maybe is being talked about. There's another uh, like RPG adventure action game that I want to play that is not Final Fantasy or or any sort of like Square related property, but that I think might be a good time. So come check it out. There's new things happening all the time at twitch.tv slash hope. All right, check it out. Twitch.tv slash hope. I'm at Round Howard. Uh, we will all be tweeting about Final Fantasy VI and all the amazing things that are happening on post-show recaps as well in the weeks ahead. Make sure you're subscribed to rating and reviewing that Final Fantasy podcast feed, which you can get in your podcatcher of choice just by searching Final Fantasy Post Show Recaps. would be tremendously appreciated by both Zed and myself. If you want to take things a step further, you can hang out with us in the Post Show Recaps patron Discord by signing up at patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. You will get your uh, Discord access at any level that you sign up at this point in time. Sign up at the $10 and higher. You get a lot of Discord access, but at that $5 level, you get uh, a good amount of Discord access as well. So we'd love to see you in there. We'd love to hang out with you. Consider it patreon.com slash post show recaps. Uh, until next time, uh, magic, magic, uh, will be made in the next episode of the Final Fantasy VI recap here on Post Show Recaps. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumbacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.